uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Out Loud Microsoft podcast. Microsoft Teams is one of the most popular collaboration platforms on the planet with hundreds of thousands of users utilizing the platform every day. Just recently it was announced that Teams is the fastest growing business application that Microsoft have ever had and that's pretty impressive when you consider some of its predecessors. The popularity of Teams means that all over the globe companies are going through the process of migrating to the new platform whether that's from Skype for Business or another collaboration or communication application. We all know some of the challenges that are faced when changing technology platforms but did you ever consider that Microsoft go through this process themselves. I have to say I hadn't really thought about it. Today I'm joined by Pune Kaufman who is a principal program manager at Microsoft. Pune was kind enough to join me on the podcast to talk about Microsoft's own journey from Skype for Business to the new Teams platform. Have a listen. It's been quite a journey. I was, you know, in the same place as you when when I decided to come over and when I was um, reviewing this project, it was just um, amazing for me to see what an opportunity we had to do this internally to ensure that you know everything is in place so that our customers would have the best experience possible. So we had you know we had to really look at our internal approach, how we're deploying and upgrading teams across Microsoft to ensure that you know we we are able to do this successfully for all our customers questions that come up I, I can tell you honestly on a weekly basis we're meeting with customers helping them through the journey also so for us it was really about three key pillars um, technical readiness adoption um, and obviously sponsorship and personalization you know from our organizations to make sure these were real this was very successful for us going forward and, and just in terms of user size, Microsoft's a big organization. It must be hundreds of thousands of employees potentially globally, isn't it? Yes. Oh, absolutely. We have over 220,000 users. So, so, it was, so it was a big a big job. And, and obviously, you guys realize the potential of Teams before anyone else because you're, you, because you're the ones developing it. And I wanted to highlight for the listeners that although we're talking about a migration from from Skype for Business to Teams and re- recently you announced that the feature parity bet- between Teams and Skype in terms that Teams has has all the features that Skype had previously Teams offers a lot more than just a like for like replacement for for Skype doesn't it Absolutely I mean as as you heard and you know very well Patrick Teams is truly a unified it's it's an intelligent communication platform it provides us the ability to have chats to have um, meetings it's to be able to collaborate across the Office 365 products. It truly becomes the hub for teamwork. Um, it enables us to become more productive working together in one platform and brings in all the powerful other apps that we have, you know, as as tabs and extensibility into it. So makes it truly a great environment to be able to work um, productively. You talked about the, the three pillars that you were concentrating on as you've gone through and uh, and are going through the, the migration. Can, can you just dive into those a bit and, and explain what, what the three key focus areas have been? 
So, you know, as you mentioned, you know, for us, in order to move from Skype for Business into Teams, we had to make sure that the value proposition was there, right? For, for Microsoft users, we think about Microsoft having all the tools and products available at their fingerprints, you know, fingertips. And so it was like, how do we get people excited about another product? How do we ensure that we really win the hearts and minds of our users versus, hey, here's another product and we want to move forward with this? So we, we focused on these three key pillars, which was, as I mentioned, the technical readiness, making sure that when we transition and upgrade our users, um, the, the, the product meets the user's needs, right? Ensuring that um, we had minimal, what we call MVPs, minimal viable product available, which means looking at the calling, the chat, the meetings, um, features, making sure all those features that everyone expects and loves from, from Skype for Business as well as all the new features are in place for our users. And we did a lot of testing at scale, right? So we think about, hey, how do we make this the greatest product? Our product group is working on developing. We had to ensure our own testing and putting this into place to make sure once it gets delivered to our customers, it is scalable. Um, I talk about you know adoption, very very important. We had a lot of sessions at Ignite around, you know, building a community of champions, winning the hearts and minds of our employees, you know. And the way we did that was multiple you know facets. One, making sure that we had user validated scenarios based training and an adoption strategy, um, as well as a comprehensive data driven listening strategy constantly looking at feedback, sentiments, reviewing this and making sure that we improve as we're going through each wave of our upgrade. Um, and of course, the most important thing that a lot of people know, but we needed to nail would be globalized change management framework, making sure, you know, Microsoft is a global company. How do we communicate to all these global users? How do we make sure every region understands you know, we're ready and how do we know we're ready when we upgrade? So we had to put a global framework in place as far as change management goes, making sure we have ITMs, which are IT managers in the regions in place, making sure we establish business partners with each of these organizations as well as the regions so that as we're doing our upgrades, everyone is informed and is aware of the change coming through. That was very, very important for us. Um, and the last item, as I mentioned, would be sponsorship and personalization. Obviously, no great program goes without a true leader to help us enable this change and having, you know, sponsorship from the top as well as these local adoption teams um, helps us ensure that, you know, people can be ready and as well as understand what's coming um, and really understanding uh, what the user experience is going to be like. So our team worked very hard in developing a global toolkit that was tailored to each organization's area and then focused on making sure those were deployed in the regions to be successful. I mean, it's it's fascinating to hear, and I, and I think you touched on it in your first answer, when it must be incredibly valuable, and it appears obvious to say it now, that if you guys at Microsoft are having to go through this internally. The lessons that you learn must be so applicable for your enterprise customers and partners globally as, as they go through a similar process. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it was so important, Patrick, for us to be able to tell our story because so many customers are faced with the same challenges that we are today, right? We needed to make sure that we establish, you know, goals, obviously, in place, as well as having these three guiding principles, um, making sure that everything that we do meets the needs of our modern workplace, which, you know, is very similar to what a lot of our customer enterprise customers are trying to accomplish, um, making sure we simplify the meeting and calling experience, right? Upgrading from Skype for Business to Teams gives us a single client for meetings and calls and collaboration. So sending that message out, hey, we want to simplify, we want to create these modern workplace, and how are we doing this? How do we know we've succeeded? Truly goes back to providing better quality and reliability, measuring, right? Having this modern infrastructure in place for meetings, voice, and video gives us the better performance and quality that we're looking for. So um, th those are key, key goals that we con constantly go back to and make sure that we're aspiring to. And as when we're meeting with customers, we continually, you know, talk to them about. So very important for us. And in terms of some of those lessons that you can learn, I'm assuming that the pain points in terms of a migration like this are just the same as they are for Microsoft as they are for any other enterprise. I mean, I instantly think when I think of Microsoft and knowing some of your employees, you're all very tech savvy, you're all tech evangelists. It must be easier in that sense, but you must run into similar pain points that any other organization would encounter. Oh, you're absolutely correct, Patrick. Um, you know, I think that was one of the surprising things when I came into Microsoft myself a year ago. I thought, what do you mean? Everybody should just jump on board. It's Microsoft. It's our own products. You know, we're going to evangelize this and quickly realize that, you know what? It's still the same. Every company has the same concerns. Unless we prove the value proposition and help them through a change and make sure we have training and adoption in place anytime you're introducing a new system or an application and we have to change behavior it becomes critical that we understand how are we changing the behavior you know um, what are we doing to make sure readiness is in place so we were true advocates and we really believed that we had to have not only you know eligibility requirements and goals we had to have success criteria in place um, to measure, right, this change, measure our readiness, measure adoption. And so we constantly put these success criteria, um, make sure that we're following these um, and, and make sure that our customers understand, you know, how are we approaching this? Because it is a massive when you look at, you know, something at, as, at scale as this. This isn't only about, hey, here's a new product. It's about the way we work. It's about changing the way we work, which involves people and <laughs> feelings. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, and it's just as we were talking about initially in terms of, I know from using both applications myself that, that Teams is is not a direct replacement for Skype for Business. It, it, it is a, there is an ideological change required to really really utilize the full functionality in terms of the differing ideology of collaboration. There's, if, if you just effectively use all the same features and switch onto Teams, the experience will be slightly better, but you're not really making the most of the full potential of the application. Exactly. No, you're 100% you're correct. Um, I think that's why it becomes so important 
to um, you know have the value proposition, re-communicate the goals of the project to stakeholders, to users, but most importantly, create awareness um, around the program and the project, as well as you know engage users to understand, hey, how does this help me? How am I going to work better? Um, here are all these cool you know productivity tips um, so that you can become more efficient in the way you work. Um, and responsiveness, right? For me, when I looked at, you know, we look at all this data and telemetry and figure out, okay, are we making the right decisions? Um, one of the key factors really was we, we measure month over month retention, we measure month over month usage, and we look at it and say, hey, you know, if we're doing this and we have champions in place and we're bringing more awareness and engagement, is this helping our usage and adoption as we're rolling out teams across these organizations? And we found out it truly is. The more engaged we become with the user, the faster adoption goes up. So, you know, creating this awareness, we did a lot of, um, put some together, some training materials, which we call the art of teamwork um, with different class levels, like 100 introductions and level 200 more advanced. We made sure that, you know, there was a lot of digital campaigns around this, again, around the value proposition. Um, and then we provided, you know, work done through supporting the change. So first step was let's land the message, bring awareness. Second step was let's make sure that we support this change and continuously engage with our users. And the third step is, hey, let's make sure as we're doing this, we're analyzing and adjusting, right? We have these measurements in place, but are we looking at this feedback truly, reaching out to the users and are adjusting our plans according to this? Um, and how do we then improve the experience as we're going through the process? This was instrumental for us to ensure that, you know, we have these, um, this guidance in place to follow as we go through our upgrade. One of the pieces that you mentioned there that I find particularly interesting is that is the sponsors or the the sort of technology evangelist pieces. So is yeah. that w within a different location or a different office? You know, you might have someone who's a particular expert that c can assist the rest of the team. Because I'm assuming that's a model that's replicated throughout industry in in any technology deployment. Yes, I can't tell you. Um, so so how we did this is that we really needed to make sure as you said, is that we have, we were able to expand. We're a small team. We start with 10 people and you think 10 is a large team, but when you look at a global project like this and look at all the facets, you know, we've got chat, you've got calling, you've got um, the hub for teamwork, you have meetings. We have all these components that we're working through. How do we ensure we can evangelize this globally and make it so that we have the same awareness and engagement across the globe? And that came down to building a community of champions. Uh, we started, um, Patrick, with just 50 people. We started looking at saying is, who are our people um, at Microsoft that when they attend training, they stand out, right? They're really excited. They have the most questions. When we look at our uh, Yammer posts and when we look within the company, who are the people that really stand out on these posts, helping the community, giving feedback, are eager to support them? And based on that, we came up with this concept of creating a community of teamwork champions. We started with 50 people. 
we incentivize them to say, hey, why don't you become a champion? We will help you. We will give you the tools and tips, and uh, we will have monthly, monthly meetings with you. We will bring the product group, answer any questions you may have. We will make sure you have the support you need. And as long as you help us scale, help us support the message, help us when we're rolling out features, ensure that our users can have someone to go to within their communities, within their organizations, within their buildings. And, and with that concept, it grew, right? We became, we came to now, we have over 800 champions that support teams across wow. the globe in over uh, 52 countries. We have over 140 buildings that have champions in it. And these, these users are amazing. They're so passionate about teams. They're so excited to help us. All we have to do is say, hey, here's a new feature. Help us get the message out. And they go like wildfire. We basically created a teamwork toolkit for them and said, okay, here's all your digital assets. Here's your comms. Here's your training materials. Uh, we created digital badges for them to recognize them, to make them stand out from the community so that everyone that sees their profile picture in Office 365 has a digital badge. I came from the gaming industry, so that was the first thing I wanted to implement when I came here. I said, we gotta create recognition and excitement so that people wanna join this program. And so we implemented this digital badging. We have a leaderboard that we're using to gamify and track our champions now and incentivize them to do even more throughout the program. So it's just become this viral, amazing community that truly supports one another in this change. And you know, it's beyond what we expected, <laughs> um, but it really kind of, it's a testament to say, you know, you have a cause, everybody's passionate about this product. How do we engage people and make sure they feel supported through this change? And, and these champions have helped us um, throughout this um, journey that we've had. So it's been truly um, a testament to, to their support and to everything that we're doing that's helped us succeed. Uh, it's a really, really innovative and personalized way of improving that rollout. And I know just before we finish, one of the features that it has been really important sort of in the next stage of, of, of the, the team's transition from a Microsoft perspective is the, the meeting add-in within Outlook. So I was hoping you could just talk me through that a bit. Super excited to talk to you about that because we rolled it out to over 220,000 users. This was pivotal for us. Um, and the reason I say that was because having this meeting uh, add-in within your Outlook, what happens is people are, are really accustomed to going into Outlook and creating meetings from the Skype Teams add-in. So what we did is deploy this Teams meeting add-in to get them familiar with the process of, hey, I know how to do this. This isn't that big of a change. Now that I schedule meetings, let me click on the Teams button instead of the Skype for Meetings button. But a lot of work, to tell you, Patrick, had to go into place. You know, this was, I can honestly say, one of the requests that we had from all of our users, you know, telling, asking us, hey, how come we don't have the meetings added? You know, how come you guys are holding us back? And really, we had to go back and tell people, we have 14,000 conference rooms. And so we had to make sure globally, worldwide, we had to upgrade every conference room 
every executive room, every focus room, and make sure our products, everything was Teams enabled. So this took some time, but we didn't want to have, you know, any um, issues when we rolled out the Teams add-in because we wanted to have this seamless experience for people. So when I go into Outlook, just like I did um, with scheduling Skype meetings, now I can click on the Teams meeting and my conference room is enabled. It's a one-touch join experience. All my devices work. So this was really, really important. And as we roll this out, I mean, and this was the first work stream that we focused on, making sure it was deployed across the world for Microsoft, making sure conference rooms was available, and then measuring performance and reliability, right? Making sure that everybody was comfortable with this change, knew how to create meetings, and then while we're monitoring um, performance to make sure everything is as what we expect before we start doing our upgrades across Microsoft. So this was really, really key. And the, the feedback and response from our users have, has been tremendous. They're just so excited about it. Um, it's very easy to use. It's a one-click, hey, I can go in my Teams now. Everything shows up in Teams meetings. So it makes it really nice. It was a big win for us. Well, I have to say, I know you mentioned that you were getting pestered internally for the, for the Teams <laughs> feature in Outlook. I'm about to do it. I, I want it as well, but I suppose I'd have to be in, internal Microsoft to get that. Pune, I realise I've, I've overran a bit, but it, it was really fascinating to talk to you, and I'm sure the listeners will find it fascinating as well, understanding how you at Microsoft overcome upgrades to your own platforms internally. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really interesting. Thank you, uh, Patrick. Really great opportunity. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, we're here to help all our customers, so we're really excited to share our story. So thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. That was really fascinating to hear about Microsoft's own transition to Teams. I have to say I hadn't really considered how important for them it would be to practice what they preach in terms of moving to Teams. So a huge thanks to Pune and to Microsoft for coming onto the podcast and explaining about the complexities of the task and how it has paid off for them. If you want to know more about Teams or the latest features available, you can catch up on our monthly Microsoft podcast where we bring you all the latest news on the platform and Skype for Business with my expert guest and Microsoft MVP Tom Arbuthnot. You can find that on your preferred podcast platform by searching for UC Today Out Loud Microsoft. That's it for today though. As always, a big thanks for listening.